Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah thoughts, ideas, and messages in all of its wonderful parts and facets. Baruch Hashem, today this is easier than ever before. Please enjoy the following class and the rest of them on my podcast. And follow in order to receive updates daily. Also, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, and neighbors so they could enjoy as well. Now let's move on and learn and grow together. Today's daf Meseches Gitin is daf Chav Dalit, and we have four parts in today's daf. So we begin towards the top of Chav Dalit Amud Aleph, which was the last case, the seifa of the Mishnah we learned yesterday on Chav Gimelun Beis. And the Mishnah had said that a woman can also bring her own get to court and say, and she'll be divorced. The Gemara tries to figure out what is this scenario that she can bring her own get to court, but she's still required to say that statement in order that she becomes divorced. So it gives three attempted explanations of the case, and it refutes them. Final three explanations, which are actually accepted, is the fourth answer, the Gemara says, is that the husband commands her to be the shliach la'ilacha till she arrives in court, and then he commands her to give it to a shliach la'kabbalah for her sake. Now this would only work according to the shita, that she can make a shliach la'kabbalah to receive from her husband's shliach la'ilacha. So therefore the Gemara gives a fifth answer, which is, she's the shliach la'ilacha until she arrives, then she makes a shliach la'ilacha to give it to her. And the sixth case, which is similar, is, that she's the shliach la'ilacha till she arrives in court, and the court appoints the shliach la'ilacha to give to her. Now, in all these cases, in order to facilitate a transfer to another shliach, she has to say, that's the halacha, and that's why the Mishnah requires those. Now, we finish the second parak towards the bottom of Chafdal Ramad Aleph, are moving on out to begin the third parak and the second section of the day. So the mission in the third parak begins talking about four scenarios of Shalol and we'll go through the Chidushim and reasons for each psul. So the Mishnah says four cases that are considered Shalol and the get is invalid. Number one is the Sofer's calling out and saying, uh, Yaakov ben Leah divorced his wife in this document. Somebody overhears this. He goes over there and sees that it had been written according to Rebbe Lazar, and uh, signed according to a mayor, but it was all done not for his sake or for his wife's sake. That's number one. Number two, a guy wrote a get for himself. He changed his mind and found someone else in his city who happened to have the same name and wife's name and uh, gave it to that other fellow. Number three, turning to Chafdalad Amud Beis now. The third case the Gemara says is where a guy wrote a get for one of his wives who was older. His wives had the same names and he gave it to the younger one. Case number four is that he told the sofer, write it for whichever one I divorced later, but he didn't clarify at the time the sofer wrote it which one it was for, and uh, this one, all four cases are invalid, because they weren't written lishma for her sake. So the Gemara explains, what are these four, what is the, the chidushim, really the Gemara goes, what are the chidushim and the reasonings for these four psulim? So the first one is not considered sefer krisis, because as the Gemara explains, it was written for, a sofer was teaching students how to write it, it wasn't written for gitin at all, and it doesn't fit the bill of the Pasuk that says it's supposed to be a sefer krisis, a document of divorce. The second is not an, a fulfillment of the word v'kasav, because the husband didn't write it, he received it from someone else who had written it for his wife, and that's therefore not v'kasav. The third case, where he wrote it for his older wife and not for his younger one, 
is not considered written la lishma because he wrote it for the older one, not the younger one. And the fourth teaches us ein brero, which means we don't say that retroactively it's determined. Uh, it's not retroactive clarification, meaning that since later he divorces uh, whichever one he chooses, it means the sofa wrote it for her originally. Rather, in this case, we say ein brero. Now, Taisvis does point out, even if you hold yesh brero in general, here we would say ein brero because the Pasuk says la lishma, that it has to be done lishma. Okay, third section of the day deals with two people in, this, in a city with uh, the same name and regarding debts. We're going to see there's a debate between Rav and Abaye if you can deduce halachas about that from our Mishnah. So Rava deduces from the third case. We said where he writes it for the older one, he can't divorce the younger one, but the Mashmos is you could divorce the older one. So Rava deduces from this that if there's two people in the same city with the same names, two Yosef and Shimon's in the same city, one of them can bring out a document that says someone else owes him money, and collect money from that other fellow in the city. Now, the reason that this is a chiddush is because there's a machlekes about that elsewhere. Uh, in Baba Vastra, there's, there's machlekes regarding these cases. So the Gemara says this, but you see from our Mishnah, the fact that the older one could be divorced, even though there's two women in this city who are named Leah who are married to Yaakov, if you could divorce the older ones, the implication is that if there's two people in the same city who have the same names, they could be one of them could be Tovea money with a star from someone else in the city. So Abayi responds to that, which is the third case. Abayi responds and says, if you make that deduction from the third case, so then you'll also have to make a similar deduction from the second case. See, in the second case, he wrote it, he gave it to the other one, the other one can't divorce his wife with it. But the Mashmo says he could divorce his own wife with it. The problem is, how could he divorce his own wife with it if everybody agrees that when it comes to Shtar Chov, that others cannot claim from one of these two people because the person who is claimed from can say, I didn't borrow from you, the other one borrowed from you, all, all you have is that document. And yet in this second case, if you're deducing that two people in the same city have capacity to claim from others, you'd also deduce from the second case that the fact that he could divorce, the, the, the original husband could divorce his wife. So if you're comparing it to debts, you'd also have to say someone else could claim money from one of these two people, and everyone agrees that's not true. So rather, Abai concludes in the second case, the reason it's effective he could divorce his wife is because you have Ede Mesira, and we pass on like Rabbi Lazar, we're not relying on the Ede Chasima, on the get itself. And so similarly, in the third case, the reason that he'd be able to divorce the Gedola, where he wrote it for her, the older wife, is because you had Ede Mesira, they clarified who wrote it and who it was given to, and therefore you rely on Rabbi Lazar's opinion that it would be effective. The final point of the day regards Reach Haget. Now, we, the, the halacha is, we're going to see, as Rashi explains over here, really, if a person wrote again and he said, I'm only divorcing you from me, but you're not permitted in anyone else, the halacha is, she's not divorced, but there is reach haget. means the halacha is, is that um, she's pesula to marry Kohanim because this creates some sort of a reality of a grusha. So in these cases of the Mishnah, we had four pesula, and the question is, which of these would create Reh Chaget invalidated to Kohanim? So Rav says the first three would invalidate her to Kahuna, but not the fourth. Excuse me, the opposite. The, the, the last three would invalidate her to Kahuna, but not the first, excuse me. Because the first wasn't written for uh, for Gitin at all, it was written just to learn from, and therefore Rav says the last three may invalidate her tikkuna, albeit that she's not divorced, the first will not. But Shmuel says all four will invalidate her tikkuna. Shmuel's opinion is anytime Chazal say a get is puzzle, it's puzzle upaisal, means it invalidates her because it's reach a get and she's no longer allowed to marry Kohanim.
Shmuel also adds on to this a similar idea that if there was a chalitza that was done in an invalid way, she would now become pesula to marry any of the other brothers with yibum because it makes it as if she fulfilled the, he fulfilled the pasuk already of once he does chalitza shuv la yivne he can no longer marry her none of the brothers can marry her and even though the chalitza was invalid nonetheless it's considered already some fulfillment of chalitza to the degree she can't do yibum to any of the brothers yet so Shmuel is consistent by gitin and by chalitza that are psula as well. Now, Rabbi argues on Shmuel and says that it's not in every case of Chalitza Psula she becomes prohibited to do even to the other brothers. It depends on the Psul. So he says, small, if the brother, uh, she removed the shoe from the Yavam with her left hand, or it was done at night, that would actually have a reach of Chalitza that would invalidate her from Yivam in the future. But if it was a katan who did chalitza, or instead of using a proper shoe, they used an anpilia, they used a sock of some sort, that would not invalidate her from, chalit- from yibum in the future, the brothers would still be allowed to do yibum. We're stopping the top of Chafeim with Aleph. We're going to continue on, actually, tomorrow, discussing other shitas in regards to Reachaget, and which cases in our Mishnah are disqualify, would disqualify her from Kehuna, albeit that they are uh, Gittim Psulin themselves. Everybody have a wonderful day.